0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message.
1: Isaiah chapter 60, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, that's the heathen, shall Come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So at the same time that there is darkness in the earth, deep darkness in the earth, that's when the glory of God arises over God's people. It's important for us... To see the glory and not just see the darkness. Or in other words, not just see the problems. Life's going to have its trials. It's going to have its tests. It's going to have its troubles. Especially in these last days. We're going through something right now. I mean, we're going through a worldwide trial right now. And a lot of folks, all they see is the darkness. All they see is the trial. All they see is the problem. But there's something else to be seen during this time. There's something else to be seen in the days ahead when things begin to look really, really bad. No matter how bad it looks for you and I, we don't just see the bad. We see what God's doing. We see what God is up to. We see what he's working out in the midst of the darkness. We see his glory. We see him doing awesome things in the midst of all the darkness that's taking place in the world. And it's important for us to focus in, focus our attention on what God is doing and not be so focused on the darkness that we miss it. We miss it. We don't even end up seeing what God is doing. You know, you think back to the days of Noah. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be at the coming of the Lord. So, in other words, in the last days, it's going to be a lot like it was in the days of Noah. And, you know, when we talk about Noah, talk about his day, we usually refer to it as, you know, Noah's ark. Noah's ark. When we talk about... That time period. And that great deliverance God brought about in the earth. You don't really hear people say Noah's flood. Noah's flood. You hear Noah's ark. The emphasis is on the ark. But I got news for you. The flood was a horrific, catastrophic event. I mean, you just think about what happened in that day. How many people... Were killed? How many people were wiped out by this catastrophic event? I mean, it was horrific. I mean, the whole world was changed. The whole world was shook as this flood, as tidal waves, earthquakes, all this destruction just was worldwide. And and if you stop and you think about it, it was, it was a terrible, terrible, horrible event. But in most cases, we don't emphasize that. We talk about the ark. We talk about the animals in the ark. We talk about Noah and his family. And the focus is more on that. In fact, there's all kinds of children's books that have been written about Noah's flood. No. Noah's ark. And the focus on the front cover is the ark. Is the focus the waves? Is the focus people drowning? Is, is the focus people dying? And yet we don't know how many people died. I mean, the whole population of uh, the earth at that time. They were all wiped out. But do you see children's books with dead bodies or people drowning? No, that wouldn't make a good Children's book. The focus is the ark, the animal, the deliverance of God. That's where the focus. So in the midst of deep darkness, a, 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 a world full of darkness, a time where the whole world was drowning in darkness. Our focus is on the ark. When it's all said and done, the focus is, is on the ark. You go back to the catastrophic events that took the nation, Egypt, down. The nation of Egypt was overcome by all these plagues. And again, we don't know how many people died. How many people suffered during that time. I mean, terrible things happened. It was another horrific event. And yet, it's all overshadowed, all that destruction, all those lives wiped out, all those terrible things that took place. It's overshadowed by the miracles that God did through Moses, the great deliverance of God's people and how this man Moses stood up to the evil of that day. And that's, again, more of the emphasis. So, again, in a time of deep darkness in Egypt, what are we seeing? We're seeing great glory. But, again, during that time, there were a lot of folks that didn't see it. They never did see it. Pharaoh was one of them, right? Pharaoh and his army, I mean, right down to the very end He's pursuing. I mean, Egypt has been destroyed. The economy is wiped out. Horrible things have happened. All the firstborn have died from some kind of plague that came into the land. But this man is so blinded, he just continues to pursue God's people to destroy them. He couldn't see what God was doing in the nation of Israel, in his people. He couldn't see the work of God that was taking place until the Red Sea closed in on them. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they came to Mount Sinai. And I mean, the glory of God came down on that mountain. God gave the Ten Commandments. I mean, amazing, amazing glory. But then again, the children of Israel out there in the wilderness Notice what their focus was on. Their focus is on, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen? Their focus was on the desert that they were in. Their focus was on their circumstances. And meanwhile, the glory of God is all around them. He's a pillar of fire by night. He's a cloud by day to give them covering from the sun. I mean, the glory of God was amazing. Moses' face is glowing as he comes down from meeting with God. He's getting revelation. He's sharing this revelation with the people. But they're whining and they're complaining and they're missing the whole thing. In fact, it was only three days after the Red Sea split that they wanted to stone Moses. Because they... They they were thirsty, and they they thought they were all going to die of thirst. Think about that. I mean, Moses was like nothing to them. He wasn't much of a man of God to them. He He wasn't, you know, anything special. And God, he wasn't anything special. It didn't take long before they were building a golden calf to replace God. And saying, this is who brought us out of the land of Egypt. And they began to worship a golden calf. I mean, they missed the whole thing. Their focus was on the dark things, the darkness that was around them, the, the difficult circumstances that were around them, the trials and tests. And that wilderness was a trial and a test. But most of the people of that day died in the wilderness, and they missed the whole thing. They missed what God was doing not everybody but most of them they missed what god was do- what god was what god was doing they missed the glory because all they could see was the darkness and if we're going to make it through the dark times of life then we're going to have to see what god is doing when we got all this bad news going on around us we got to open up the good news And we got to find out, God, what are you up to? What are you doing on my life? What amazing things are you up to? What amazing things have happened in your life this week? Man, nothing amazing happened in my life this week. You're missing it. You're missing it. Is there darkness in the earth? Oh, yeah, darkness is all around. Well, then the glory of the Lord's risen upon you. The glory of the Lord. Arise. Go ahead and get up. And shine. Testify. Share. Just say share instead of shine. Arise and share. For your light has come. Talk about it. Share it. Express your faith to others. That's what it's talking about there. But you see, I, have a, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's rough. I mean, what's going on in my life right now is rough. Well, yeah. arise and share what God's doing in your life. See, we need to start practicing this now. We need to see what God's up to right now. What is God doing in your life personally and then in the body of Christ and around the world? What's God doing we have to see the glory we have to see the glory and not just the deep darkness and that's how we're going to get through the dark times how did jesus get through that time of being crucified how did he get through that i mean that was a horrific event it was terrible What took place in Jesus' life? What happened in the land of Israel at that time? It was awful when you really, really look at it. How did Jesus get through that? The Bible says in the book of Hebrew, for the joy that was set before him. For the joy that was set before him. I know he didn't just see the cross. You know, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying to the Father, and he was, he was stressed, the Bible says he was greatly distressed. He said, if there's any other way, this cup can pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus was, he was working this out with the Father to get himself over into the place of faith. Getting over to the place of faith. And the place of faith is the place where you see past your problem. The place of faith is when you are in the place where you see past your problem. And so and so many times we get into a situation and the problem is just so big and it's just towering over us. And we feel, we feel like we're just being crushed by it. It's like it's just such a giant. It's so massive. But we need to get to the place where we are above the problems of life. We are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we have that perspective. We have that far above perspective. Where now we're looking down and even past our problems. That's faith. So as long as we're down here struggling with it, we're not, we're not fully in faith yet. And so we've got to get ourselves into faith. Now, you might have faith in you, but you've got to get into faith. I've shared the story, you know, my own personal testimony uh, about a time where I was going through a, a trial. And, uh, and it was just towering over me. I mean, it was intimidating. And I felt weak before it. Vulnerable, and I was getting up at night, and I I, I couldn't see. And I pray. I said, and I said, Lord, you know, help me with this. And I remember one night I was sitting there on the floor, and I had opened up my Bible. and I was reading Psalms, and 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 I just began to talk about, you know, the thing that I'm going through. I said, Lord, I said, I believe this because I was re- reading scriptures all about deliverance, you know. God's deliverance, and he's with you. He's a very present help in a time of trouble. You know, scriptures like that. And I said, Lord, I believe that. I believe you're here with me right now. I said, but but yet, I mean, I believe that in my heart, but it just, to my mind and my emotions, my soul, this problem just seems so much bigger to me. I, I just feel like it's towering over me. And I'm just looking up. I'm I'm in the bottom of a barrel looking up at the top, wanting to get out. And yet I know in my heart, you're in me. You're with me. And I'm in a much better place than that. But I'm not feeling that. And and so then I, I paused and then I said, Lord, make me bold in my soul. Because I recognized I believed in my spirit, in my inner man, but it was my soul, my mind, my emotions that was, that was struggling. It was intimidated. And I said, make me bold in my soul. And then I thought to myself, huh, I've never heard anybody pray like that before. So I was kind of questioning, is that a good prayer to pray? And I got up off the floor and I had my Bible. I opened up my Bible. And I looked down at the next scripture I looked down at. Was again over in Psalms. And I looked down at uh, Psalm 138. Just opened up to it. Psalm 138. And in verse 3 it says, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Oh, uh, Oh, I mean, I just prayed that. I mean, I knew that was God, that he was right there. And he answered, he gave me the inspiration to pray that way, to ask, make me bold. That's how how I needed to pray. And the Spirit of God led me. Make me bold with strength in my, make me bold in my soul. And then I went and sat down, opened up to that scripture. In the day when I cried out to you, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Glory to God. And you know what? From that moment on, I got bold in my soul, and I rose up above it. Now the faith that was in my heart, it was in my soul. I felt it. And man, I just got out of that can that I felt like I was at the bottom of, at the barrel. I got out of that thing, and I got up on top of it, and that was the end of it. So, so that's what you have to do. You can have faith in you, but not be in faith. you got to get yourself over in faith where what? Where you see yourself beyond this thing above this thing. Not intimidated by this thing. Whatever the thing might be, you got to get yourself out ahead of that thing. And so that's what God wants to do. He wants to he wants to get you to the place where you've got the victory. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, that's where his struggle was, but then he got it. And you see it. You see it. He comes out of that garden of Gethsemane having been arrested and he goes to the cross without Flinching Now his focus is beyond the cross. Now he's got himself past that in his soul, in his heart, his soul, his mind. He's past that. And now for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. We need to see past the problem and see ourselves over in the victory. See what God is doing. See what God's bringing about. Again, for the joy that was set before him, he was seeing the work of of God, what God was accomplishing for him through what he was going through. God's accomplishing things for us right now. God's accomplishing things for you right now. See it. See it. See what God is doing. And sometimes you're going to have to take some time to meditate. And you're going to have to wait on the Lord. Just like I just said I did that time. When I was going through something. And and say, Lord, show me what you're up to. Help me to see what you're doing. Because all I see right now are these bills. All I see right now is this darkness. All I see right now is this problem. And that's not right. Because you told me when there's deep darkness around me, that your glory, your awesomeness is mighty upon me. Is mighty in my life. So help me to see what you are doing In my life. And that's how we get through those dark times. That's how the early church got through all the terrible persecution that they faced. I mean, they were severely threatened. They were beaten. They were imprisoned. I mean, if if they even said that they were a Christian, a follower of Christ. Man, their life was on the line. And yet, they got through it. How did they get through it? Well, again, they counted it all joy. They they looked at what God was doing with what they were going through. They looked at what God was doing. Their focus was on God. Their focus was on His working, on the glory of God. Over in 1 Peter chapter 4, and in verse 14, it says, If you are reproached... For the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory, there's the glory, the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. There it is again. The glory of the Lord rests upon you. Well, when? When you're reproached for Christ. You're being persecuted. I mean, it is a time of deep darkness for you. But yet, look what he says. He says, rejoice. Why? Because you're blessed. Because that's when the spirit of glory, the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Arise and shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. When? When there's deep darkness. So in times of deep darkness, open your eyes, man, and look around. God is moving. God is moving. Now you got to get up and testify. Declare his word. Declare what he's doing. So that you don't miss it. You don't want to miss it. God's moving. God's there. He's ready to deal with your persecutors. He's ready to turn the whole thing around for your good and for His glory and praise. And you miss it because you focus in on the insults. You focus in on what people are saying, what people are doing. You focus in on the fear of what's going to happen next. What are they going to do to me next? Or why is this happening? Or Why is God? Your focus is all on the trial, the test, the persecution, the darkness. And if it's all on that, you're going to miss the glory. You're going to miss the glory. And we live in a world that is so negative. Our society today is just so negative. The news is so negative. I mean, you almost get persecuted. Some folks do get persecuted just for being positive. It's like, How dare you be positive? How dare you be positive? Can't you see the darkness? Don't you know it's dark? And don't you know it's only getting darker? How could you be positive? And they'll actually persecute you for it. That's the kind of society we live in. We're not going to get caught up in that. No, no no, we're very positive. We're very positive. We're talking about the glory. We're talking about God, what He's working, what He's doing in our life. So you know that's why we don't get offended when people mistreat us. People do us wrong. We don't get offended. Why? Because the spirit of glory is on our life. We're blessed. We're blessed. And the more things get harder around us, the greater the glory is upon us. Think about that. The greater the glory is upon your life. Notice uh, over here in Second Corinthians chapter two, two perspectives to have in life. It's going to determine whether you perish in times of darkness. Or you are saved, you are delivered, you experience God's glory in your life. And it's just your person, it's how you see things, how you see things in times of deep darkness. Notice what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and in verse 15. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved... And among those who are perishing, we as children of God, as believers, witnesses of Christ. We are the fragrance of Christ to two different types of people. Those that are being saved and those that are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to death. To life. Notice that. How people see you will determine whether they are perishing or being saved. It's going to determine the outcome of their life, even their eternal life. Whether they perish or they're saved. And it's all in their perspective. You know, those that hear the Word of God, and I've had people say, you know, you, you, you're just condemning. That just, that message just condemned me. Well, you see, what they, what they saw was sin. They saw uh, that their life didn't line up to God's will. They recognized things weren't right between them and God in the course of that message, apparently. And so to them, they felt condemned. They felt defeated. They felt like it it made them feel bad about how they were, how they were living their life and where they are at with God. It was the aroma of death to them, that message. And yet right on the other hand, you'll have people that heard the same message go, oh, that was life. Man, that helped me. That, that, that was awesome. That was awesome. That's why I never judge my messages based on people's reaction to it. Because depending on how they hear and how they see will determine how it goes for them. Not so much how I say it or how I present it. I'm presenting the gospel. I'm preaching the word God's put on my heart. And... um. I like it. I like it. But then there's other folks, they're focused on other things, you know. I mean, there's been some things where I've ministered and it was just so full of revelation. I mean, the Word of God, just so full of revelation. And when the service was over, I had somebody, they were just so distressed. They were just so bothered. And I, and I, and I, Asked them, "How you doing? You know, I'm kind of how was that? How, did you get anything out of the message today? Type of thing, you know." And they were just like, "Man, you know, you pronounced that word wrong. You know, when you said this, that, and the next thing, or you know, Pastor, I just, I when you said that word, da 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 da, that's not how you say it." I'm looking at them like, "What? That's what you just got out of this?" You're looking at the vocabulary. You're not seeing the revelation. You're not seeing what God's doing. You're just judging according to the flesh. See, a lot of folks, they miss it. See, they miss the bigger picture. They miss what God is doing because they're so caught up in technicalities and just natural things, fleshy things, things that really don't matter. You know, it's like get a hold of what God is saying. Get a hold of the spirit of faith. Get a hold of that spirit of glory that we're talking about. This is life transforming. If you take hold of it and change your focus. Change your perspective. But a lot of folks, they'll miss what God is. They're going to miss the glory. They're going to they're miss out on great deliverances. They're going to miss out on great wisdom that would help them in life because they're so focused in on natural things. They're so focused in on negative things, negative things, negative, negative, negative. There's such positive things happening right now. Why would you focus in on anything negative? People do. So, you know, you have some folks walk out of a service, they don't get anything. Other folks walk out of service, they're just like, oh, my Lord. Which one are you? Which one are you? And it's important for you to be the person that's getting the revelation, that's getting a hold of what God's saying and doing. Why? Because if you can't get a hold of what God is doing when it's bright out, how are you going to recognize what God is doing when all this darkness starts coming in? When it really starts to get deep with darkness out there? When the floodwaters really begin to come in, into your life and into the world around you. You're not going to make it if you're negative. If you're negative now, then how are you going to be positive when negativity around you is now amplified a thousand times more? All of a sudden now, I mean, negative, it's like, I mean, in the world it looks like there's no hope at all. World War III is breaking out. The Antichrist is here. Or what have you. And you're going to be positive when when it's generally positive around you. Or you have a lot of positive things around you. You're not positive. You're negative. You can't see what God's doing now. How are you going to see what he's doing in the deep darkness? You got to see what God is doing. I'm not ignorant of the darkness. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. We should be very aware of what's going on and have a real sober idea of of where we're at right now as a a church, as a society, as a nation. We should should have a, a sober understanding of those things, of the darkness. But at the same time, that's not our focus. Our focus is the glory. Our focus is the glory of God. That's where our focus is. That's where it needs to be. Can you say amen? Praise God forever. What will you see in the last days? What will you see in the last days? Will you see hell on earth? Man, it's just like hell on earth. Or will you see the harvest of the earth? This great end time harvest of souls coming into the kingdom of God. Because I got news for you. That's God's plan for the last days. A lot of times, people think about the Antichrist. And that's fine, because it's in the Bible. You should think about the Antichrist. You should think about the one world order. You should think about all those different things. The mark of the beast and all that kind of stuff. We should have an awareness of these things. It's in the Bible. It's teaching us. telling us to be watchful and aware of these things. But at the same time, what else are we seeing? Are we just, is that all we're seeing? Or are we seeing the soul's? That are being saved. Or that could be being saved. Like right now. Are we recognizing that hearts are more ready right now. More ripe to be reaped for the kingdom of God. Ready to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior. People are looking for answers right now. People all around you. They're looking for answers. People are are dealing with all kinds of fear right now. And you've got the faith of God. Which is the opposite of fear. To bring into their life. You're their answer. You've got it. You've got what they need. Wow, this is an exciting time to get aggressive, to reap the harvest of the earth. Or we just, it's just hell on earth. It's just hell is breaking loose. The gates of hell are coming against us. No, bless God. The glory of God is upon us. Yeah, hell's coming against us. But it will not prevail, because the glory of God is upon our life. Hallelujah. See, we've got to remind ourselves of these things. Notice over in Matthew, the 13th chapter. And in verse 30, talking about the harvest of the last day. He says, let both grow together until the harvest. Talking about... The wheat and the tares. Tares are basically these weeds that look like wheat. But they're weeds. They're not wheat. And so he says, let both grow together. The wheat and the tares. Until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers... First, gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. So notice that. The first thing that happens. It's harvest time. Praise God. What happens at harvest time? First thing that happens is there's a great burning. People being gathered and destroyed. Great destruction taking place in the earth. That's at the time of the harvest. All kinds of destruction that's wiping people out. These people are being gathered into bundles and being burned. They're being destroyed. But then, at that that time also, what starts happening? First we see all this destruction taking place. Oh, This is a horrible time. Is it just a horrible time? No, it's harvest time. See, it's not just a horrible time. It's harvest time. Horrible things are happening. It's terrible. We don't want to see anybody bound and burned, destroyed. We don't want to see lives destroyed. We don't condone that. That's not what we want to see. But it's a reality and it happens because judgment comes. God's a just judge and judgment has to come. It's not what God wants. God wants mercy. But judgment has to come. So destruction takes place in the earth. It's a terrible thing. It's a horrible thing. But it's not the only thing taking place. It's now time to gather in the wheat. It's time to gather in the precious fruit of the earth. It's time to see all kinds of people that are open to the gospel, that are open to receive God's mercy, to come. To come to hear the gospel and come into the kingdom of God. So you have this harvest taking place. But there's both a good side and a bad side. There's a catastrophic horrible side that involves death Then there's also a glory side. A glory side. And you and I have to see the glory side. That's how we're going to get through the dark times. And that's how we're going to see God's will accomplished in the earth. Darkness doesn't stop us. Darkness does not stop us because God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? We're going to get through the darkness. We're going to get through the dark times because God is with us. So, what's scary for some is exciting for others. Did you get that? What's scary for some is exciting for others. You know, I think about again going back to Mount Sinai, Exodus chapter 20. Let me just go there real quick. Just if you got your Bible, go there. Exodus chapter 20. So the children of Israel, God wants to meet with them. He's going to come down on Mount Sinai. And so he does. He comes down, and there's fire, there's lightning, there's thunderings. I mean, the whole mountain is shaking. I mean, it is an incredible moment. And notice this here in Exodus 20 and in verse 20. It says, And Moses said to the people... Do not fear. People are terrified. I mean, God's coming down on this mountain. His glory is, is, is shaking the whole place. And Moses says, do not fear. For God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. He wants you to fear him, but not be afraid of him. Not, not run in fear, But fear so that you run from sin. Run from sin, not run from him. Notice the next verse, 21. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. Notice that. The people were terrified and they fled. But Moses was in awe and he drew near. Same, same situation. Here you got this dark cloud, darkness, but then you got the glory, the lightning flashes, all this power, and all this, all these signs and wonders going on, and you got one group of people. They just see that dark cloud, they just see the earthquake, and they're just terrified, and they run. Moses is a man just like them, but he's got a different heart. He's got a different outlook, and he's seeing the heart of God in this. And he is in awe. He's 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 fearful, but he's more in awe than afraid as in to run away, so that he draws near to God. He goes he goes right up into it. He climbs the mountain, gets as close to it as he can. I mean it's terrifying. He's he's overwhelmed by it, but he still keeps drawing near. Why? Because he's seeing something they don't see. He's seeing the heart of God. He's seeing that God is doing something here. And it's it's terrifying to to look at. But. But. This is awesome. This is God. And he's not looking to kill me. And so he draws near. Notice that. Two different types of people there. We don't want to be the folks that look at a a situation and go, ha, and we're just scared and we just want to run. We want to look and see, what's God doing here? Uh, This could be fun. Right? We're looking at it, this is exciting, this is fun. We're not thinking about being scared and wanting to run. Amen. See, that's the difference between faith and faithlessness. We don't want to be faithless. We don't want to be faithless in these last days. So, you know, we're living in right now and we're coming into both terrible and awesome times. It's both terrible and it's awesome. It's awesome. It's exciting. But it's terrible. I mean, we're going to see terrible things very dark things, evil things, sinister things, wicked schemes. I mean, it's bad. But it's awesome. It's amazing because of what God is doing in the midst of it all, and just knowing that we're in the time that the Bible talks about, that we're coming into this amazing time. That's amazing. That's awesome. So we get challenged, we get excited. As we as we go forward. And the Bible says this, this is amazing over the book of Revelation. Notice this in Revelation chapter 18. And say this with me, say I'm changing my perspective. I'm opening my eyes to see more of the glory of God than the darkness of the devil. Yeah, so so we're we're not ignorant of the devil. We're not ignorant of the darkness. But we're more impressed with God than we are with the devil. See, we need to be more impressed with what God is doing than what the devil is doing. And I use that that all the time. You know, things come up and and somebody's like, man, and this happened, and this happened. And I've, I've had to just look right at him and say, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. I'm too impressed with God than to be impressed with demons and destruction. What's God doing? What's He up to? That's what we're focusing it on. That's what we're focusing on. Because some people know God's a whole lot bigger. He's a whole lot bigger than devils. He's a whole lot bigger than the evil things that might take place in the world. Notice here, Revelation 18, looking into the future. It describes... This place refers to as Babylon, but describes a place that, I don't know, it sounds a lot like New York, New York City, you know. But I don't know what it's talking about. It could be talking about America. could could be talking about another whole different country. But it describes this place, and it talks about its destruction. Revelation 18, verse 19. It says, And they threw dust on their heads... And cried, weeping and wailing, and saying, "Alas, alas! The great city, in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate." Notice that they're weeping, they're wailing, they're crying. I mean, these people are really, really crying. I mean, they're wailing. They're so, they're so devastated. By what has happened here, I mean, all the lives that were lost, this whole city was just maybe a nuclear bomb. Boom! Something happened. Blew the whole thing up. It's just smoke that's rising up from it. And and alas, alas, the great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate, or she is laid waste, It's a terrible, terrible, catastrophic event. Terrible. Get a hold of that. It's a terrible, terrible, catastrophic event. Next verse, verse 20. Rejoice over her, O heavens, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Huh? Notice heaven's perspective. Rejoice rejoice. You've got all this weeping, wailing, all this destruction, and then God's telling His people to rejoice that this is the day of the vengeance of our God. You think, wow, you know. But again, it's a perspective. It's a different perspective. We got to have a heavenly perspective, not just be down here All consumed with the darkness. What is God doing? What do you mean the day of vengeance of our God? I'm glad you asked. Isaiah 61. In verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. There's that glory of God. Notice, in the day of vengeance of our God, Like we saw here described in the book of Revelation, that day of vengeance, he says rejoice. How could I rejoice? Well, because God's up to some things in that day. The day of vengeance is a day of what? It's a day of preaching the gospel. It's a day of healing. It's a day of deliverance. It's a day of setting captives free. It's a day of the oil of joy for mourning. It's the day of the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness, it's a day of great things happening. See, God's doing something great. At the same time, we see Babylon the great fall. And all this devastation and all this destruction. If you're just sitting there watching the devastation and destruction of the the fall of Babylon. Whatever that might be. Whatever country that might be. City that might be. And you're just focusing on you know, all the dead people. And they're giving the body numbers. You know, how many people died in this plague? And how many people died today? How many people died today? How many people died today? And you're just looking at the death toll. And you're just looking at the destruction. You're going to miss your moment. God didn't bring about the destruction. That's judgment. That had to come. Judgment comes. Judgment is just, again, it's reaping what you've sown. God doesn't want people to reap the sins that they've sown. He wants them to reap mercy. That's why he came and died for them. But if they don't reap that, if they don't receive that, then they have to reap the consequences of their sin. They have to experience judgment, destruction, like Babylon will experience someday. So you got all this terrible thing, but in the midst of the day of the vengeance of our God, in that day of judgment, in the midst of these terrible things taking place, what's God doing? What's God doing? Isaiah 61 says he's doing amazing. He gives a whole list of amazing things. And right in the midst midst of that list, he puts in there the vengeance of our God. That's the time. That's the day. So we don't want to just see the darkness. Just see the negative things that are taking place in the world. Let's lift our vision higher. Let's see beyond the negativity. Let's see beyond the evils that are here and the evils that are coming. Evil things are yet to come on planet Earth. We know that. But that's not our focus. We're aware. We're not ignorant of these things. But our focus is beyond that. We're in faith concerning the glory. The glory of God. I believe that we're coming into a time now of the greater glory of God. Where God is going to manifest like never before. Why? Because the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. What's grace? Grace is the glory of God freely bestowed upon us. It's the manifested awesomeness of the Almighty freely given to you and I. That glory isn't just up in heaven, it's upon us now. So as sin abounds, and it is, isn't it? Sin is abounding, wicked things are about. As wickedness abounds, God's grace abounds much more. More, much more. So we're coming into the much more of the glory of God, the greater glory of God. That's the time we're coming into. So when you see much more sin, get much more excited because much more glory is on our life. Much more glory is here. Let's arise. Let's shine. Let's look. Let's see. Let's testify. Let's share what we see God doing in our life and in the earth. And if we will then we'll really see the glory of God bring about tremendous deliverances, tremendous healings in not only our life, but in the lives of others. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Somebody say the greater glory of God is arising on me.
0: That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.